mean, we're, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of cutting, aren't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all going to be cut. No, I don't, I don't... What would we call uh, a post-show analysis of a Shakespeare essay? I don't know. It's so wanky from the off, like... Yeah, but you've, <laughs> you've got to lean into it. Yeah. Own it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I should have had something planned. Hello and welcome to Ear Read This, the podcast that swivels books around in your ear holes to wax lyrical about literature. Earlier in the week, I was talking about the two gentlemen of Verona, and now I'm still talking about it, as well as some other stuff besides. I'm Ash. Oh, and, I, and I'm Adam. <laughs> Hello. Um, We're recording. Yes, we are. Um, how are you doing? I'm fine. Good. Yeah, I've had a good day. Nice. I'm ready to talk about a play that I've never read nor seen before so was that podcast the first that you've yeah yeah but though as you went on i realized that i recognized a lot of the tropes a lot of the characters i feel like i would not be unfamiliar with the themes that were discussed yeah there's there is quite a lot of um stuff next there was a few things that i wanted to squeeze in but didn't quite did you um have you ever seen shakespeare in love i have seen shakespeare in love there's a scene of Two Gentlemen of Verona being performed to Judy Dench in Shakespeare oh, in Love okay. with the dog. Uh, Shakespeare used live animals only three times in his plays. Wow. He used a bear. Is in, that Winter's Tale? The really, yeah, 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 yeah. Really easy to get hands on a bear in Elizabethan times. What were the other two animals? Uh, both dogs. Double dogs. And that was the other part of I, I wanted to tack onto my theory, but it's pretty tenuous. Mm. If... Um, if Midsummer Night's Dream was performed around 1595, okay. it also had a dog in. Oh, I see. It could have been the same dog. Could have been the same dog. Same there, was the, there was only the one dog to go around then. Yeah, yeah. One dog for the whole of England. Well, there's a lot of dogs, but how many dogs acted? That's true. You know, How many, how many of them were a union? Yeah, exactly. He would have his union cars. For all we know, he could have taken some of Shakespeare's other roles. Yeah, he just never had the chance. He was cut down. Uh, you know, Romeo. Juliet. Yeah, he could have done both. Yeah. It could have been a one-man show. I'd <laughs> <laughs> love to have seen his Leah. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know what else he did. <laughs> he, he might have dropped them. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously had several leads. Well, you know I'm... You know I'm, like, famous now. For? Well, you, uh, you know the Fringe show I've just done. Oh yeah, the the uh, rave, rave reviews. Yeah, usually. I mean, you came to the Fringe show. How many people were in the room? Oh. It was probably at least fourteen, and that was it was like that Monday to Friday. Yeah. So if that's not famous, what is? That's how the Edinburgh Fringe works. You pay your money, yeah. boom, you're famous. famous. Um. So have you read anything? Um. Interesting, recently. Anything you'd like to mention on this literary podcast? I've, of got, ours? I've got a book in my pocket right now. That's oh, really? Very interesting. It's, oh, um, I'm glad that's a book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just pleased to see you. <laughs> it's um, it's called Lost Horizon. Oh yeah. By James Hilton. You may have heard of it in its legendary production as a film. Oh. Where everything top to bottom went wrong. It might be one of my favourite all-time film production stories. Really? Yes. Sounds a bit like um. Terry Gilliam's Don Quixote. 
Yes, thing. except... Lost in La Mancha. <laughs> except Lost Horizon came out. Oh, really? Yes. The book is probably most famous for inventing the concept of Shangri-La. Oh. As a kind of Eastern paradise. Okay. That's unattainable by man, and if you ever reach it, you can never leave, because if you leave, you can never find it again. Hmm. And it's very, very high concept. It's written by um, James Horton, who is a fairly well-known 1930s screenplay writer. So it reads very much like an adventure film. Mm. But it's probably most famous for its legendarily shonky production from beginning to end. People died. Budgets were gone over. Well, of, of the film? Yes. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, that people dying in the production of a novel seems... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a very, very, very heavy first draft. <laughs> Biggest body count of any first draft. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's probably one of my favourite film production nightmare stories. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to hear can I, can I hear it? Would you like to? I would, yeah. It's not too long. I could probably cut it down. No, no, no. But it was um it was a uh, the dream of dream of a single man. Yeah. And that single man was Frank Capra, who's normally pretty good at making films. Okay, get, yeah. Get, making them and getting them out. So Frank Capra read the book and he got in touch with James Hilton and he was like, I would love to make your book into a film. And James Hilton being a screenplay writer was like, Yeah, sure. It probably worked better as a film than it did as a book anyway. So they got a budget of one and a half million dollars. Big money in those days? For the time, that was huge. It might have been the most expensive film of the era. And it was... A lot of it was stolen from a previous documentary about the Himalayas. And they mm. used a lot of the B-roll. So they didn't have to do location filming. So they were like, oh, this will be easy. We don't even have to go to the, the Himalayas. We can, just, we can just do all of our, our filming of, you know, freezing cold, snowy mountainsides in uh, California. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever watched like a, a shark movie and you you've like recognize you know so the there's the actress in a wetsuit thrashing around and then it cuts to like a, a shark just fucking taking a seal apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. But no. So this one they um so they started doing their filming in refrigeration warehouses. And oh no. Yes, and they were having to film it at night, so they were paying their actors double. And they were paying for the refrigeration cost to keep this place snowy and cold in the middle of the desert. So they immediately went over budget. Yeah. And they, um, one of the main characters in the book was the, the High Lama. He was, you know, he's... High Lama? The High Lama. Oh, okay. The High not Lama. Not High Lama. He's a sort of, not, not ruler, because they didn't have rulers, but he's a sort of head, head priest of Shangri-La. Yeah. And they, they, they found the perfect guy. They found the screen test of the guy. They wanted to play the High Lama. So they, so they called him up. They called him up and his, his, his housekeeper picked up. Yeah. They were like, oh, we'd like to offer Mr. So-and-so the role of the High Lama. She was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just go tell him. And she hung up the phone. She called back 10 minutes later and the shock of receiving the news had given him a heart attack and he died. Oh, my God. So that was, that was the first fatality of the, of the film. And then the second fatality happened immediately afterwards. Jesus. When the, um, the second person they had to play the High Lama died of old age. Jesus, just cut the High Lama. Well, no, they um, they cast another guy who was um forty six. Yeah. Just to mitigate any possible age related deaths. So this was within, I don't know, a couple of months of starting filming. They'd already run over their budget. Yeah. Forty six must be quite young for a High Lama. Yeah, he was. He'd be sort of like a medium range Lama. He should have been an up and coming Lama. 
So then next, the next thing that went wrong was they, Frank Capra, who loved to film everything from every possible angle. So he would get every aspect of a scene. Um, he shot millions of feet of film. Way, way too much. The original cut of the film came in about four hours. And the studio wanted that edited down to about 110 minutes. Mm. And Frank Capra was enraged. And he fled Hollywood and hid in his cabin in the woods for a weekend. Classic Hollywood. Classic Hollywood. And then he came back and he was like, two hours, no less. The film is 110 minutes long. Oh, really? So it doesn't make sense. The major, major scenes are cut out. Characters are introduced and killed off. Off screen and with no explanation. Maybe they're not killed off. Maybe they just forgot about them. Mm. Either way, the film as it stands today is... Not good, but it's still got that kind of Frank Capra. Great cinematography, great great acting from everybody involved. But then they, the High Lama? The High Lama, young. 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 Too young? Too young. Yeah. Noticeably young. Yeah. And they made another one in 1973, which was all right. Yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. a bit like um, Once Upon a Time in America. I don't, the, I don't, I don't know this one. The um, Sergio Leone film that he made. He made uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. I know once one time in the West. He went, made the Dollars trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and Ducky Sucker. Ducky Sucker. Which is the Duck You Sucker. Duck You Sucker. Duck You Sucker. All or, one word. Or called A Fistful of Dynamite, depending on what DVD you get. I think I prefer Duck You Sucker. Duck You Sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Duck, Duck, You Sucker. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Duck, comma, You Sucker. I thought it was just a nonsense word. Ducky Sucker. Ducky Sucker. <laughs> no, Duck, You Sucker. Yeah. Any good? Great. Great. Because we, we were talking about um, films the other day. I was a bit awkward because I, I mentioned that I saw Old Boy for the first time. Oh, I, and I and I, I really like Old Boy. I <laughs> well, here we go. This is yeah. material. I know it was. It was. I first thought it was, it was really awkward, but actually, recording an opinion-based podcast like. Should we should disagree? Yeah, often. and you should you should we should disagree strongly. Yeah, yeah. Like tell me, tell me that was my phone. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you didn't like about it. it. It could have sounded like you just punched me to the floor. <laughs> you take <laughs> it back about old boy. Old boy is fucking brilliant. Um, I just thought. It was... Did you not see the hammer scene? Yeah, I saw the hammer scene. It's like poetry in motion. It's one of the best coordinated action scenes I've ever seen. Uh yeah, it's not one of the best. I I mean. Maybe the raid ruined a, a lot of. The things. raid is potentially my favorite is... action film of all time. Yeah, but it's we like, it's like watching that. like a really amazing dance scene, mm. but for ninety minutes because it is just one long fight scene. Well, the, you, you know the story about how the raid came to be about why they made that film. No, I don't. The director saw that guy just training in a gym. Oh, really? When he was going around Indonesia, and he was like, "Well, I've got to make a film about him," so they made a film around this guy. Rather than Jeez. so he he wasn't there was no audition or anything he was the centerpiece of the film as yeah. he should be because he's fantastic. Wow, you seen the raid too? I have, yeah. Oh, you know that shot where they um they're fighting in a car, yeah, and it sort of swings down the the road and through the car window. Yeah, have you seen how that's done? No. There's a cameraman disguised as the passenger seat, as the passenger seat, and so the camera is being suspended from a sort of an arm from a truck that's ahead of the car. And then the, the camera is sort of passed into the car 
the man disguised as the front seat picks up the camera and films <laughs> over his shoulder into the back seat. I'm a massive fan of a tightly coordinated action film. Yeah. Like a film where it's... Put fight- that on your tombstone. <laughs> Adam Barkley. Fan I'm a of tight action. Fan of a tightly... <laughs> Of um, no, just um, well choreographed action scenes. Yeah, like John Wick, um, Baby Driver. John Wick with all the the headshots. Do you not like John Wick either? No, I just um, I haven't actually seen it. Okay, I've just seen a shot of all the headshots. There's a lot. But I, I clicked on it because it was like, you won't believe this Keanu Reeves film has something like. 950 headshots in it <laughs> but it was so obviously but, you click- but, but somebody's done that out of a kind of love of the film yeah there must be something to it if people are looking that in depth into it yeah and i it's definitely one of the but people best. click on that because they think yeah i want to watch 950 people die well you clicked on it yeah exactly that's why i did it <laughs> <laughs> i want to see 950 heads explode well, it's, it's like, like being a kid and and like having watched jaws once you then just like watch it nine hundred and fifty times. No, you just watch it for the next like ten times, but you just skip to the gore bits. Did you do that? Yeah, when I was a kid, definitely. Weird, and with Robocop as well, the guy splashes on the splashes on the car. Oh yeah, of course you cut to those bits. Yeah, just the, give me the disgusting bits first. Most people skip those. Most people do it the other way around. When it gets to the gore, most like, people oh, no, don't I can't watch that. Most people don't watch Robocop and skip the gory bits. No, I, I'm only here for the. <laughs> I'm only here for. The I'm only gore. here for the ta- the bit with his wife. <laughs> well, um, have you seen? Speaking of sort of RoboCop and tight action films, yeah, have you seen Dread with Carl Urban? Yes, I have. Isn't that a good film? Yeah, that was a very much that reminded me a lot of the Raid. That's why, because they're just going up there, going just up the going upstairs. Block. Yeah. First thing I saw Lena Headey in. Oh. I don't know who she is. Oh, she, uh, she the boss. Plays Mam- Mam- Mama June? Mam- Mama. Mama. Mama June? I think it's Mama June. She's the one with the drugs. She is the one with the drugs. Yeah. The ones that, they either slow down time or slow down your perception of time. I can't remember what. That's which. the kind of film where it feels like all of that stuff is really just excuse. Mm. You know, the Raid don't even really bother with it. The Raid 2 has more of a plot. The Raid 1 is literally, you've got to get to the top of the tower. It's yeah. a video game, you know. See, I think Dredd sort of wanted to be that. Like, just fight your way to the top. I, it, it was like that, but they were also, I think, trying to shake off the bad reputation of the Sylvester Stallone dread. That one, where he yeah. takes his helmet off. Dread's not supposed to take his helmet off. Oh, do you, are you a dread? Like, do you... I quite like Judge Dredd. The books? Yeah, the, oh, original, okay. the original graphic novels. See, I haven't seen the Sly Stallone, and I haven't seen... Red, the books. I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't tell you to drop everything and go read, read them. them. Yeah. But they are good for what they are. They're not actually comics in the way that they're in the way that, you know, Batman's a comic. They were mm. originally political satire. Everything that Dread fights with, with drawings or with drawings. Yeah. They're kind of like everything Dread fights is a, a vice of society. Yeah. You know, he's fighting everything from drug addicts to you know, people Rough-looking dogs. Rough-looking dogs. Scum. Scum. Well, that's what he'd call them. He just scum. punches scum. Ten years in the hypercube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People on benefits. Beat the shit out of them. You've seen Benefit Street? Uh, I want to see Judge Dredd fight his way up Benefit Street. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I planned something for you. I hope you don't mind. Is uh, it? Is this a good something or a bad something? I think it's good. What I've done is um, we'll have to break off in a sec whilst I go and get the script. But I, uh, I've I can, taken. I a, can fill dead air. You can fill dead air. I've taken a, a little chunk of the two gentlemen of Verona. You said you'd never read the play, so I, I couldn't resist. Well, you I, know I can't read. This is incredibly unfair. <laughs> so I've taken a, I've taken a chunk. I've replaced one word with another word. How many words am I sort of reading? Uh, you're going to be reading about 100, okay. 200 words. Um, uh, but I want you to read it through cold. And see if I can guess, guess what the word. what word I've replaced. So um, this is uh, a quote of Proteus's. Um, those who've listened to the, to the podcast will know that this, this comes just after he's decided to betray his love, Julia, and he's fallen in love with Sylvia. You haven't, you have, you haven't given me any of the racist or sexist lines in here, have you? No, I really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was going to give you a swarthy Ethiop, um, which is something Proteus says close to this, actually. Okay, so you've changed... You, no, 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 don't guess. Don't guess until you've read oh, no, okay. it. I'm, I'm not reading ahead, but you've I've changed... I've only changed one word. That word might crop up multiple times. Okay. But it's only one word swapped for one other word. Okay, shall we begin? Yeah. <clears throat> Even as one heat another heat expels, or as one nail by strength drives out another, so the remembrance of my former poke is by a newer object quite forgotten. Is it mine or Valentine's praise, her true perfection or my false transgression, that makes me reasonless to reason thus? She is fair, and so is Julia that I poke, that I did poke, for now my poke is thawed, which, like a waxen image against a fire, bears no impression of the thing it was. Methinks my zeal to Valentine is cold, and that I poke him not as I want. Oh, but I poke his lady too, too much, and that's the reason I poke him so little. How shall I dote on her with more advice, that thus without advice begin to poke her? Tis but a picture I have yet beheld, and that hath dazzled my reason's light. But when I look upon her perfections, there is no reason that I shall be blind. If I can check my erring poke, I will. If not to compass her, I'll use my skill. So um, I changed one word in that. Um, Got any thoughts about what it might have been? Uh, there was a word that came up Yeah. quite a few times in there. It was the word, it was the word poke. Yeah. Did I get that right? You did, yeah. What, um, can you imagine what I might have swapped it with? Um... She is fair, and so is Julia that I poke. Have you have you changed the word love for poke, Ash? Man, you are a natural. I don't know if you saw, but um, Mark Wahlberg's um, fitness routine has gone viral. I've, I have actually seen... Yeah, yeah. I have actually seen Mark Wahlberg's fitness video. Have you really? Uh, where he's, he's, he's woken up in the morning from his bed by his friend who tells him it's time to record the fitness video. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm getting really into it and I'm going to be doing it from now on. I'm going to be living the Mark Wahlberg life. Are you? So are, you going to, are you going to uh, blind a Vietnamese man on the street? Yeah, if that's what Mark tells me, tells me to do, I'll be doing it. He actually did that really before did he was he? famous. He, um, he, was, he didn't go to jail. So, um, listen, this is going to be my daily routine. Really, m what Mark, Mark Wahlberg's about is um, inspire to be better and get after it. That's what he says in his videos. Okay. Inspire to be better. Get after it. Okay. And it just really got me fired up. Is this is, is this going to be the um? It's going to be the tagline for our podcast. Yeah. Well, it will be for this week. Inspire to be better. Get after it. And poke. I don't even know what it is, but I'm really in. Like I'm like a dog chasing poke a life. car. I don't know what I'm, I'm. I don't know what I'm going after. But Mark Wahlberg told you to go after it. So I am. Two thirty a.m. Get up. Pray. Uh, <laughs> don't know why you're laughing. Shower. 
power shower. Uh, three three a.m. Have meal. <laughs> three a.m. Meal. This this routine's. You don't have a meal at three a.m. Uh, four. No, sorry. Where am I? Three thirty-eight a.m. Gym. Uh, which is for an hour. Which is an hour more of gym than I do at the moment. I actually thought you meant a person called Jim for a second there. Yeah. Well, either that or I need to make you know find someone called Jim uh-huh. who I do for an hour. <laughs> um, which is a big lifestyle change for me in many ways. <laughs> But um, I thought that was going to be really intimidating. But then I realised what Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg <laughs> what Mark Wahlberg does at the gym is um, mainly he makes videos of himself saying, "Inspired to be better, get after it." I'm, I'm, if you I'm s- all about that. So, so you're saying your, your workout routine is going to be sort of motivational couplets? Basically, yeah. If you don't mind coming along, you can film me at the gym. That's fine. And yeah. I can say. Uh, inspired to be better get after it okay get after it get after it get after it inspired to be better you're scaring me a little bit Ash well this is the Wahlberg fever that I've got <laughs> so uh, after the gym 4.30am another meal five turkeys five tur- five five, tu- <laughs> five turkey burgers five turkey burgers not yeah. five turkeys F- not five turkeys he's okay. not an animal um, 5.30am so that's an hour of eating turkey <laughs> 5.30 a.m. <laughs> golf. <laughs> the, great, um, the greatest exercise known to man. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's just recreation. It's only for half an hour. I don't know if you can even play a round of golf in half an hour. Well, so you're, you're spending more time eating turkey burgers than you are playing golf. Yeah, by yeah, twice as much eating turkey. Okay, keep going. Golf. Uh, 6 a.m. Um, shake, uh, protein shake and a bit more praying. God, this is all before six. This is all... Uh, no, this is till seven. Okay, the praying, yeah. praying last till seven, okay. And then seven, this is when I've started to go off the road a bit. And, wow, I really shocked you there, didn't I? <laughs> um, this is where I've started to go off road a bit. Uh, he, he does something else, but I, I put 7am till 8am, record literary podcast. So that's really the only time I can squeeze you in. Okay, so we're, we're going to have to do this very early after our round of golf. Basically, what I'm saying is uh, you're going to have to get up pretty early to start doing this from now on. And you'll okay. also have to be, like, really on it. For seven, because... Well, I'm going to have to be able to record you at the gym anyway. Well, yeah, but bear in mind, I'll have prayed twice by now, so I'll be fucking on one. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'll have, I'll, have, I'll have to do a bit of... It's just like when you turn up a bit late at the pub and you've got to catch up. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll probably have to pray twice. <laughs> you'll have to probably pray twice on the way here. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to pray on air. Yeah. So, 8am to midday, uh, family time. So, I'll need you to sod off. Okay. Because, and also, I have to, I'll have to raise a family. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then two till half two is uh, binge drinking. <laughs> is this? Is this? Is I'm this going a bit off, off now. <laughs> you off tangent yeah, at yeah. this point. Do you like binge drinking? Yeah, I can come back for the binge drinking after yeah. you've done the family rearing. You know, I, I prefer binge drinking to drinking. I think binge drinking is just—it's like a hobby you can do anywhere. You know, like golf. Like drinking takes up too much time. You know, just drinking. You might as well just slam it all into how much? How much time have you allotted yourself for binge drinking? Then? Um, half half an hour. <laughs> A lot of binge drinking. <laughs> and then, sorry, I forgot to finish. Um, two till half two a.m. Uh, the next day is sleep. <laughs> okay, so you've allotted the same amount of time for binge drinking as you have for sleep. Yeah, and golf. Which, which is, and all of those things are half as less time as you've allotted for eating turkey burgers. Yeah, yeah. No, no, 12 hours of sleep, half an hour of binge drinking. Okay. Well, 12 hours of sleep is actually the thing I can get on board with Very most. Very healthy. As is binge drinking, I think. Because okay. binge drinking, you know, you know, everyone says drinking's bad for you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, binge drinking is just drinking, but in small doses. Is that not the opposite of what binge drinking is? <laughs> God. And, are you, and you're going to end up with a body like Mark Wahlberg's by the end of this? I assume so. Wow. That's what I'm signing up for. How long do you think you have to do it for? No, a week. Okay. So maybe only next week we'll have to do this. <laughs> we'll see how it goes next week. We'll do the podcast at 7am okay. after I've done... The Mark Wahlberg workout, yeah. Praying and... Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, I missed out an hour. Between midday and two, sorry. So it's only two to half two is binge drinking. Midday till two okay. is um, cardio and admin. <laughs> At the same time? Yeah, so when okay. when I do that is when I'll work out. Are you going to be like a 1980s man with a sort of headset on a treadmill? Yeah, yeah. Okay. saying, you know, Dolores, cancel my four o'clock. I'll be binge drinking. Um, <laughs> Reschedule my four o'clock for move, binge drinking. Move binge drinking to three. Um, <laughs> I've got to fit another prayer session More in. binge drinking. Okay. Um, well, um, I'm... I'm glad that you've thought that it's time to get your life together. Yeah. I mean, all of the binge drinking you've done before was getting unhealthy. I'm glad you've managed to allot it into no, time, time, time slots. Yeah. Now, so it's not, yeah. yeah. It's under control. You know, I'm, I'm proud of you. You've, yeah. done a, you've done a good thing here today, and I'm, I, I hope you see some good results from it. Cheers, Alan. Thanks. It's no problem. Mm. Should we wrap this up? I think so. Okay, cool. Well, um, this has been Here Read This. Uh, in a few days, I'll be talking about Taming of the Shrew, and next week we'll be talking... A little bit more about that and a little bit more about how my fitness regime is going. Um, what films you hate and I like. Those. And um, probably some books as well. Yeah. And we'll see the um, we'll see the, the payoff of your intensive fitness regimen. Yeah. And also we'll check in with how famous I am. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, what, what, what metric are we doing for your famousness? Well, I get a text. Oh. Because uh, now that works. I'm famous because of the Fringe show. Um, Are you on some kind of mailing list? Yeah. So as soon as you become famous, they text you and they say, um, this is how famous you are and this is where you're famous. Oh, Um, so it's like a ranking. Yeah, so I'm huge in (laughs) Ilfracum. Does it tell you um, who's immediately above and below you in the fame rankings? Yeah, I've just overtaken Mary Beard. Oh, really? She's quite famous. I know, I know. I bumped into her the other day. Was she fuming? Well, no, she was... No, she was in awe. Oh, Um, is that how it worked? And... I was coming out the offices of the TLS because um, they wanted to do a piece on me. And she was uh, coming in with a pencil case. And uh, <laughs> she said, oh, my God, Ash, huge fan. Uh, I'm Mary Beard. I'm a historian and a presenter. Um, but enough about me. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that, that is enough. Yeah. Um, wow. And then I signed a pencil case and she, uh, she fucked off. Nice girl. Who's um who's whose tails are you chasing then? Who's who's directly above you in the fame ranking? Uh directly above me. Yeah. Um Who is who is slightly more famous than you? Sarah Pascoe. Really? Yeah. Goodness. Could you pass my, my details up? I'd be really interested in that. I can't do that. Oh really? You see the thing is if I associate with what they call normals. Okay. I might actually bring my rankings down. Oh god, okay. Yeah. Are you so are you putting yourself at risk doing this podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Okay. I might have beard above me next week. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't want that to happen. No. Um, okay. You know, do not Pasco. Do not collect two hundred. Let's end it there. That's. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Ear Read This. You can find more information about what we do on our Facebook, our Twitter. We're on iTunes as well, and we would very much appreciate it for anybody who could leave us some stars and a wee review on iTunes as well. Thank you very much. 